You guys ready? Let's yeah. do it. Whenever. All right. All right. <clears throat> We don't put our hands over our mouths. Whatever comes up comes out. We don't put our hands over our mouths. Hey, everybody, wherever you are, really, motherfucker. You remixed hard when words came in again. (laughs) It would have been good. Get going. Oh, well. We don't put our hands over our mouths. Comes up, comes out. Put our hands over our mouths. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, whoever you're with. We are the Loudmouth Degenerates at the Loudmouth Pod across all platforms. Thank you for joining us here today. We're going to jump right into it. We have a man joining us. And oh, what a man he is. He's... A forklift driving son of a bitch from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He can drive any forking thing around. He's a hell of a golfer, OG member of the Italian club, 100% Italian. Shit, you not. And this bad mofo is a friend of the Pat McAfee Show and Barstool Sports Empire, friend of ours, Mr. Mike the Exterminator. Mike, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, fellas. How are you? How are we doing? How's everybody? How's everybody today? <laughs> We're doing great. Dream. Excellent. Thanks for hopping on. I know it's late on the East Coast. We try to get through this. First of all, happy Father's Day. Hey, thanks a lot. Same to you. Same to yep. all of you. Whoever, whoever got a kid out there. Yep. Everybody with that, that weak pullout game, this is your day. <laughs> right? Also, friendly, friendly reminder, uh, if you're visiting dad and you're at mom's at Mother's Day, don't kiss mom on the lips. You guys know. <laughs> oh God! Wow! Yeah, things you never think Damn. about until you're an adult, eh? <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> Go oh ahead. God! I was like, speaking of people kissing moms, did you guys see that video of that guy at the St. Louis Blues game? Well, kissing who everyone thought was his mom, but it was actually just some 23 year old chick, and he was 16. Let's go! Yeah, there we he, go. A lot he of called good, in to kiss. A lot of good. He stuff called in to Kevin Joe. Yeah. A lot of great stuff coming out of that St. Louis Blues Parade today. There was just so many moments. Uh, If you've never seen a 75, 80-year-old man give the finger to the crowd and say, fuck Boston, that was pretty amazing. (laughs) If you've never seen a rat uh, be cheered on by what seemed like 100,000 people, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, or uh, add a chinchilla to the list of things that have been in the Stanley Cup now. Yeah, it's wild. Chinchilla and beer. Yep. Mike, are you are you a big Pens fan then, hailing from Pittsburgh? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, I I probably I, I mean going to a Penguin game is better than going to a Pirate game or a, a Steeler game. Really? Football's, yeah, football's. I mean, football's fun, but dude, it's it's cold and it's miserable, and you can't see everything. I'd rather be at home watching football. Um. And Beer's I'm protesting. Home. Yeah, and I'm protesting what the pirates are doing because they just get rid of anybody who starts to get good. <laughs> it does seem that way. <laughs> Welcome so to the life of an Oakland A's fan. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon as somebody, as soon as someone gets anyone good, who's doing well, gone. Yep. Yep. So there the Pirates some... are sitting what three games, four games back from the Cardinals in the division. Brewers are on top. Uh, them and the Cubs are neck and neck. Cardinals and Pirates right there, third, fourth, just uh, for whatever it's worth. A lot of baseball left, but uh, I definitely like to see that Redbird fly. Uh, ain't gonna happen. <laughs> so, Mike, you've been a, a Pirates fan your whole life. Yeah, I, uh, your, my whole life. Who's your favorite Pirates player of all time, or recent, whatever? Uh, uh, Andy Van Slyke was probably my favorite uh, Pirate of all time. Okay. He was just awesome. He he flew through the air. It was he was incredible. It was awesome watching him. That's when we were good. And had some had some real real <laughs> athletes before was the modern he, day policy of get rid of everyone who's good. He was a center fielder, right? Yes. Yeah. That's yep. What I center fielder. Um, yeah. When they got rid of McCutcheon, and uh, that was that was the last straw for me. Word. Yeah, they had the virgin think, talent. I think he was pretty devastated about it too. I mean, he gave a lot to that to that city and. He just – I think he was in shock a little bit himself when it happened. So, speaking of uh, Yins in your city, what's up with Steelers? Steelers. Uh, the Steelers are just sitting sitting back quietly and, and, and growing as a team. And all I'm seeing is them doing team-building activities and everyone's getting along and um, – do you see what a, a what a wild off season? I've never <laughs> oh, yeah. anything like that. In rookie mini camps, Ben Ben big well, none of the quarterbacks, let alone Big Ben, none of the quarterbacks could put the ball anywhere near where they were supposed to be putting it. Of course, Big Ben came out with a well, I wanted to see what he'd do if I just threw some fucked up throws to him. <laughs> you know. I want to see if he's gonna maybe, catch maybe, the dog. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty that was a pretty incredible spin zone. Who are you going to miss more, A.B. or Lev Bell? Probably, probably Lev because we can, we draft wide receivers. That's what Pittsburgh does. Uh, our GM, GM knows. I don't know how he does it. He does it all the time. And so I think uh, those couple of those guys he drafted this year. And then we have Moncrief now. Uh, Dante Moncrief is the real yeah. deal. Dude's got hands. He was great for the Colts. So I've watched him. I I mean, Ben Ben will Ben will get some chemistry going, and I think Juju's ready to take on the the, the number one role. As a Raider fan, I thank you for Antonio Brown. <sighs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm gonna have him. And, 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 blonde mustache. And now you guys have. Him. Ten like Lev and Antonio Brown weren't great players, and that oh, yeah. Ben is probably the only reason they didn't have long-term success there. I'm not saying anything about Ben. I always go back and forth with this where I'm not there. I don't know everything for a fact. All we can do is speculate on it, right? But my speculation is that Big Ben's, you know, he's the issue. It seems to be time and time again. Eventually, you've got to look at that and say, all right, well, Ben's the toxic one here. But, you, I mean, you're not going to do that right now, obviously. Sure. <laughs> and I don't know. Uh, it, it seems like the, those are the only two players, though, that that's really happened with. Uh, 
I mean, some other guys have come out and said some stuff, but there's been plenty of guys on the other side of that saying that Ben's a great quarterback. And, I mean, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. Well, I mean, they, they probably should be listening to him. Nobody else on that team ha- had touched the Super Bowl. So, uh, he was the only one. I still will probably say that the Pittsburgh Steelers with Lev Bell and Antonio were probably the most talented team to not win a Super Bowl in those couple years, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It was wild. Pretty unreal. Yeah. So you think it's going to be a tremendous success this year for the the Steelers? They're going to find great rhythm. We'll see them in the playoffs, all that. Yeah, I definitely think we're uh, we're we're we'll be a playoff bound team. No, I don't I don't know how far we'll get. Um, as long you as know, you beat the Patriots, might, <laughs> this might take a year or two. But um, you know, Ben's Ben's still got a few years left in him. Uh, we're gonna have Juju for the next few years. We've got uh, we're playoff bound this year, though, for sure. You think James Conner is gonna fill uh, those shoes pretty well? Or do you think you guys are going to be looking for outside help in the future? Uh, I saw something recently that they're uh, they're thinking about splitting up the time a little bit more. But um, I think that's a, probably a smart move. And analytics probably say that, too, for guys to stay healthy. Sure. And the way James Conner was just a wrecking ball last year, he can do that for 10 games, but then eventually he's going to get hurt because my man just puts his head down and, yeah, and he goes straight at you. If you he's see him, gonna, he, he's, it's like a high school football game where they just give it to the ginormous kid and everyone chases him. It's incredible. I can't believe cancer yeah. was foolish enough to attack that man. Unbelievable. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking nerve of the C word just out here floating around. We're like, oh, I'm take on James Conner now. I How about you don't? Get your ass kicked. Keep yeah. stepping, cancer. Keep stepping. And uh, we got we got a good tight end. Vance McDonald's a beast. Um, yeah. So I yeah I I I think we're gonna be all right. You right think on. Mike, you think Mike Just Tomlin's like, the answer? I I see a lot of people have have issues with Tomlin, but I don't have I don't I don't have that. Um, I see the success that the man has had, and people want to say that his Super Bowl was because of the team that Cowher built. But either way, uh, and he still took us to another one. We just <laughs> played the best quarterback, though, in the league. Aaron Rodgers is bound to win. Yes, you, know, you did. You know, yeah. So, you know, I give all the credit in the world to Aaron Rodgers, but we weren't going to go in there. And we weren't winning that game. So I don't have a problem with him. <clears throat> I like Tomlin. He seems like a competitor. Yeah. Pretty hard-nosed. I, I, I wish there was a few more coaches like that, honestly. Right. I, I, we just signed a – Packers just hired a guy that I, I don't know if he is that way. I, from outside appearance, I'm going to guess not. But I kind of miss the old ball coach mentality versus what's new new school stuff. But football is always changing, and it's, you know, it's up to the teams to adapt. But, yeah, I, I got some respect for Tomlin. I, I mean, I like the co- competitor in him. Unless you're just yeah. a straight-up baller of a coach, there's very little room for you to walk in and coach Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Frank Reich coming in and coaching Andrew Luck is maybe the exception where, you know, where you have that these days. But a lot of times, especially in this uh, Aaron Rodgers-Matt LaFleur scenario in particular, like 
it's Rogers' franchise right now. We all understand this. Just like in oh, Pittsburgh, yeah. it's Big Ben's, right? So Tomlin's just along for the ride in many aspects. I mean, obviously, Big Ben can't do everything. He needs Tomlin and vice versa. But yeah, if Big Ben wasn't there, I feel like we'd see more of that from Tomlin. He would be very much old school, in my opinion. But because, you know, you have to work with each other, uh, that means sometimes you, uh, you know, you coach differently. And I feel like that's a lot of what's going on with Tomlin right now. And uh, I'd be really interested to see who he is as a coach after Big Ben leaves. That's going to be something to see. I agree. I agree completely with that. I don't know what will happen after that. I mean, I, you know, great quarterbacks are they're a dime a dozen. So uh, let's just all take a minute and appreciate the fact that we can all say that we lived in the time of luck. Rogers, uh, Manning, Brady, Big Ben. You know Barb. what I mean? Rivers. Did you just throw Carr in there? Did you really? Okay, you said Favre. I thought you were trying to oh, sneak Derek Carr in the fucking conversation. <laughs> no, I ain't All trying right. to throw Derek Carr in the conversation. A great quarterback. He ain't done shit yet. Cry, baby. From a Raiders fan, no less. Mm-hmm. Hey, I love the while, man, but goddamn. While we're speaking of uh, of Big Ben and the Steelers, uh, this is pretty wild, but um, – actually made out with Big Ben's wife before it was Big Ben. Attaboy, here, here. Dude, she grew oh, up man. ten minutes grew up ten minutes now tires at her house because they were more out in the like the in the sticks where you could have bonfires and shit like that. And uh are we allowed to oh, score yeah. in yeah. here? Fuck, fuck, All fuck, right. fuck, fuck, um, yes. Great. Ronnie just made an expletive podcast, so we're good. Always do. Always do. That's explicit. So you're yeah, just so chilling out fucking that's... Big Ben's wife before she was his wife, huh? <laughs> well, we, we only got the first base, but still, it's it's pretty wild to think well, about. Shit still counts. Hey, first base is still a hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, you were safe at least one spot on the field, so that a boy. Good for you, eh? Yeah. Late edition here. What's up, Flags? Hey, what's up, Tanner? What's up, fellas? So, Mike, uh, Mike this, this is, is our, our pal Flags here joining what up? us. How you doing, brother? Okay, okay. What up, man? How you doing? Oh, doing good, doing good. How's you and the wifey? Good, man. Things are things are pretty good here, man. Real good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, along those lines, Marco wanted me to ask, and if you don't, you're not comfortable with this, we can totally edit this out, right? Uh, but Marco wanted me to ask how your wife is and uh, the depression thing, and what's going on. How you been? Um, we're all, we're no, actually I, worried I, I, about you in that regard. No, it's cool. We're it's it's cool. Yeah, we're cool to talk about it. We, uh, you know, talking about things is probably one of the best ways to to help things. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what it, that's what it was for me and, you know, trying to stay clean and whatnot. If, if I had the thoughts of using, uh, then I need to tell somebody just so I can get it out. And, you know, it, it, it usually helps. Ashley's doing, uh, amazing. She's not even on depression meds anymore. Uh, oh, yeah. incredible. Nice. nice. Um, big win. So yeah, big win for sure. Have I just you... remember talking to you in that that time frame, and I was really uh, curious. So I'm glad to hear yeah. that everything's going yeah. good. No doubt, I appreciate the the, the concern. Uh, we definitely went through a, a rough patch, but hey, keep on trucking, and we came out on the other side. All right, so pretty happy with that. Oh yeah, 
We're always here for you too, brother. Remember that. I know that for sure. So I uh, I battle with depression. Uh, I don't know how re- deep it really goes. My mom's kind of a little manic depressed. My grandfather did commit suicide, but technically it was for monetary reasons to save the farm. But at the same time, you have to wonder, right? And yeah, so sure. it weighs heavily on my family. And so uh, I, I battle with that. I go up and down, in, uh, particularly in the winter, because I live in a place where the winters are very long. And uh, mm-hmm. so for me, if you know, I don't know if you follow me on Twitter or not, but if you do uh, about once a year in January. So um, I consume some psychedelic mushrooms and it does amazing things for my uh, my psyche for as far as depression goes. And it just makes me happier in general. Really? Yeah, it's it's basically it's like taking six months worth of Xanax at once. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, there, uh, that's why it's gaining so much momentum in regards to legalization. And I encourage you to do, uh, Johns Hopkins university has an entire, uh, um, unit devoted to the, the research on this in conjunction with the DEA. And there are many other medical universities like, uh, Harvard, Yale, et cetera, that are in on this student, uh, researching this. And they're using it for everything from PTSD to end-of-life depression, but also with just general depression. Now, it's not for everyone in every circumstances. There are some people who it doesn't work for, um, and it can induce a mental snap if they're in a very delicate mental state. So uh, just throwing that out across the board. But I encourage you to maybe look into it, and that's why it's gaining so much momentum uh, under the pathway of legalization is these positive mental outlooks. Also, uh, it's considered widely as the safest quote-unquote drug so even safer than pot for whatever that's worth it's not a habit forming because your body will actually physically reject it if you use it too often wow and so you'll look look at them and you'll feel like sick to your stomach like no no not going down that lane so just throwing that out there as the mushroom guy i feel like if uh anytime i hear someone talking about battling depression i just can't help but throw out that because i know it Absolutely, if it works for you. Um, so are you still tripping balls when that's happening as well? Yeah, I mean. I was I, wondering I, that too. I trip my nuts off like once a year, basically. Okay. And, uh, and I, do tweet, I did a tweet along this year. That was <laughs> kind of fun for me. It's hard to use your thumbs. <laughs> you know I why there's imagine. no fat, fat, uh, fat old hippies that eat a lot of mushrooms? Because it's hard to get in there and get the munchies when there's a dragon sitting on top of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> throw that out there. Now, if you ever want to spend six to eight hours just sitting there wondering, like, all right, so oh, no shit there I was. Tyler, I think you know this story, right? The one in the <laughs> room. Yeah. Familiar. All right. So this is one of my you'll you're the things your mind fathoms. It's really hard to put it in perspective, right? So when you're in this place, um, it's the most concentrated and focused, but also the most uh, sidetrackable you've ever been. So it's a dangerous mental scenario. And then you begin to think about things that are greater than yourself, like destiny, for example. Right. So one night, this is the uh, first time I really tripped my balls off. We're sitting beside the river in Tennessee and all my friends had tripped a few days before, but I had to work. So I couldn't do it. So I ended up doing it alone. Totally cool with me. I love being alone. Right. And so I got a little fire going right beside the river. And I'm thinking about the words destiny a lot. Like what's going on here with my life? Where am I going? All that stuff. And I'm really in love with nature. So I just jump in the river after a while. 
All my shit's in my pockets. Bag of weed, cigarettes, phone, you name it, right? All the essentials of life. I hop out. I'm not too terribly bummed because I still have two more cold beers. And it's only like a quarter mile to my cabin. And then I remember there's campers in the cabin. And I remember that because I see the glow of their light and I hear them laughing. And I'm like, oh, sweet. There's campers in the campground. Maybe some of them are cool. I can catch a few supplies because the gas station in town's closed. And so I stroll up to the camp. And hello, the camp from the distance. You know, don't shoot. Uh, I stroll up. Uh, and I basically try to make small talk. And I'm tripping my balls off. So I just finally just fucking come out with it. Look, I'm tripping my nuts off right now. Went swimming in the river. I've got no cigarettes, no weed, no anything. Guess you can help me out with some mountain supplies. Right? So uh, they hooked me up with a beer, but it's a rolling rock in a can. And I've never seen one before. Right? So I don't even know if this is real life anymore. <laughs> and so I'm chewing on this. And this very feminine lisp fellow offers me cigarette. It's a, in his words, it's a misty. It's kind of bitchy, but here you go. And it registers to me that all these guys have great clothing, nice shoes, fine watches, <laughs> insanely good haircuts. Their cars are decent, and there's not a single chick around. Right? Bing! My gaydar goes off, and I know exactly <laughs> who I'm in the company of. And it's totally cool. I'm I'm no quarrel with it. You know, uh, I'm an ally, as a matter of fact. But I've been thinking about the word destiny tonight. And so this thing jumps in my head. Are you gay? Is this the night that you you gay? Is this how it all shot, begins? Right? <laughs> and so this, it's an all-out middle war, dude. You know, like you guys know the, the angel and the devil on the shoulder thing. Like, do it, don't do it, you know, or whatever. Only all mine were like, no! All right? And I literally, everything that was in my hands, cigarette and beer, just dropped it. Like everything weighed a million pounds. And at the same time, I blurted out the words, I love vagina. I didn't use the word pussy. <laughs> I just said vagina, right? And I ran. I ran as fast as I could. I'm not joking. The quarter mile back to my cabin. I grabbed my sleeping bag, ran out the back door, and hid in the bushes across the street. I'd take these ne- these people rafting the next day, right? <laughs> yeah. but that's oh, a whole different story. So, I, therefore, I recommend you do it under the guise and supervision of someone who's competent if you're ever going to do it for a first time. Um, and don't put yourself in scenarios where you're encountering things you've never encountered before, like rolling a rock in a can, right? <laughs> okay. Other than that, I feel like you know everything you need to know. Just know it's going to be a mental war of attrition. You're going to be up and down. And it very much is, uh, you know, it's a lot like other, everything else in life. It's what you make of it. You throw your hands up and yell, we, or do you put them down and say, this fucking sucks. And I'm sure you as a well-traveled individual uh, have some great stories as well. After I graduated from college, uh, Slippery Rock in 2006, I, I actually moved out to California. What you going to call dad, it? Uh, business, business. Business? business business management. All right. And, so you, uh, where do you go in Cali? Uh, so my dad lives in Orange County in Rancho Santa Margarita. And uh, I actually moved out there because I was uh, I was trying to get away from, from my town because of the drugs. I was really bad into Oxycontin at that point. Um, and I got into Oxys not knowing uh, – what they even were, that they were basically synthetic heroin. Yeah. And Do you guys don't know what Oxycontin is out there? It's basically the gateway drug to death. 
it's still really prevalent up where I'm at. It's like the main street drug. Most of my friends have OD'd on pills. Oxys were the way. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's what started my journey because as soon as I as soon as I did a little a little rail of it, I was like, oh my god! Like I don't want to drink again. I don't want to smoke again. I just want these. And it just it, one day I woke up and I was sick and I didn't know what the hell was happening. And uh, come to find out, I was dope sick off 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 the pills, and that's where it all started. And uh, so eventually I moved out to California to try to run from it because I'd never been to treatment yet at that point. And um, I did well for a little while, got a job. Uh, and after about a year of being out there, I, I found a, found a, a dealer with, with Oxys and it was <clears throat> off to the races once again. And <clears throat> about three months later, uh, my dad and stepmom sent me to a, uh, uh, my first treatment facility, and it was called Narconon, and it was a Scientology rehab. You might have stories about that. How do you feel uh, about Tom Cruise? Your oh, Lord my Savior. God. <laughs> I, are you still it, under it, the Scientology it, thing, or they persecute it, you? No, Did you pay your money for this year? No, so I'm okay, but their way uh, – their way of getting people to uh, to kind of start the journey of it was uh, once you completed the program, uh, it was a three to six month program. And once you completed it, if you had nowhere to go, no, no home or, you know, your family didn't want you back yet, you could just stay on and immediately become a worker there the next day. Wow. Mike, um, what town was this in? It was, it was, dude, it was right on Newport beach. We were on the beach. I, I, we could see the water from, from, from the building. Wow. Damn. I'm almost wow. positive. This is where my cousin is. Dude, there's, <laughs> no, there's another one. There's another one up North. Some, uh, I can't remember where, but there's another one in California and it was, it was more up North. She's, um, she's down South. Cause she got sent okay. out after she got kicked out of. Um, she went to Cal Berkeley and she got busted with a bunch of oxycotton, and they mm. told her she had to go to rehab in order to get her scholarship back. And then she just never came back. Oh my god! Making solid life decisions. Yeah. Man. So yeah. did the school That's... refer right. her to this Scientology rehab place? She Are had they... three options. She she had there and she had Portland, but okay. she had friends down south. So oh, she's yeah. like, oh, that'll make it better. Go where your friends are. Then yeah. nothing screams getting out of a vicious cycle like going to your buddies. All right, Mike. So you're in Scientologist hell. Wow. With a job <laughs> offer. Dude, unbelievable. So I get there and uh, my dad and stepmom didn't know this, by the way. Uh, about 10 days in, I get a phone call from my dad and he's like, Mike. Mike, are you, are you all right, dude? Like, we sent you to a fucked up place, pretty much. I just need to know you're all right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. This shit, you know. This I fucking hate L. Ron Hubbard. But it was, dude, pictures of L. Ron Hubbard all over the place. So the, they, they, they had different stages that you had to go through. And oh, yeah. um, there were eight different books that you had to complete. 
but the first the first thing they make you do after you detox, of course. Uh, so so probably about the same time my dad called. I was allowed to use the phone after ten days. Was it a I cold de- the- like just hard detox, cold detox, or they, no? They did they, it. Okay. They did it right. They Draw did down it right. Yeah. Um, so box and taper and, you know, sleep meds and whatnot. So they, they did it right, but they do that outside of the facility somewhere else because in Scientology, they don't believe in medication. They believe right. if they believe if you're sick or you're not feeling well, it's because you're being suppressed by somebody else. Did you guys Someone... see that the Scientologists got their tax status revoked? By the way, they're no. no longer a recognized church. This is something that happened in the last few months, I feel like. I am learning no. so much right now. Okay. No, I anyway, didn't see that. Scientologists um, don't believe in medications or anything that doesn't suit their narrative except for when they need it. Sure. Yeah. So if, if, if you're sick or not feeling well, it's because someone else is bothering you or like your mind is, is stuck on them and, and it's fucking you up basically. And they have ways of, of, fixing that too but uh so they send me to the course room uh with another kid who just you know who had just finished detox and they put us in chairs (coughs) facing each other and uh the the tech comes over and he says all right uh mike i want you to make him laugh or make him cry or piss him off and i'm like what 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 do you mean and I look over, there's two girls screaming at each other. And the one girl's like, you fucking bitch. It's your kid's birthday and you're sitting here in rehab. Oh. And you're, a meth, you're a meth head. And the girl's fucking crying her eyes out. And I'm like, oh, my God. Where where are we? Where are we? <laughs> and I'm like, and, <laughs> and I'm not a mean it's guy. It's fucking so. survival for addicts, dude. <laughs> it, it was unbelievable. What cameras so, is that? Oh. <gasps> Yeah. yeah. So my first fucking thought is, All real right, world. I'll just try to make a real, real world. I don't want to be a dickhead. Um, and and so basically the point of it, it was called bull baiting, and it, the, the point of it is to try to get somebody yeah, to react. Gaslighting you to. And when they react on that, then they want you to keep pressing that button over and over until it no longer affects them. Hmm. Um. That's like mentally breaking someone to where it's like that doesn't affect you anymore. That's exactly. shit they do in the military. Exactly. God damn. Wow. And um, and then you know you would have to you would have to sit there still, like this, while that person came at you, and you just had to sit there. And then, the next step was uh, to sit in chairs facing each other. They would make you do it with eyes open for one hour, not moving, just like this. And then they would make you do it eyes closed for an hour. And then the final stage was two hours of just sitting there looking at each other, not reacting, and then eyes closed, not moving, not, uh, you know, nothing. Um, they, they, it, they wanted to get you comfortable in your own skin, basically. Um, and and some of the things were good were good techniques and and could work uh, to help you know get somebody <laughs> clean. But the end result of their program wasn't to go to a meeting. It was just stay clean. 
and yeah. it, that doesn't really work for. No, for you addicts. have to have a support network <laughs> in the plan in yeah. place on the outside. So walk us through. All right, that's worst case. That's one of the worst case Ontario's. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Go ahead yeah. and walk us through one of the best cases. Uh, if you've been to other rehabs that did it well, tell us what you like, just so if anybody else is out there listening, maybe this helps them. Absolutely. Um, uh, when I finally count, uh, moved back to Pennsylvania uh, in 2013, I uh, wasn't doing well again. I started going to the methadone clinic. That was the worst mistake I ever made. So if you're out there and that's an option just because it's free, because the county will pay for it, don't do it because you are handcuffed to that place. And you got to get up every morning and go there. And, you know, you can't go on vacation and you're just, you're, you're handcuffed to that place. And it was, it was a bad experience. Um, and uh, so I finally was. I finally went to a twelve-step rehab that uh, that was willing to ta- taper me off of methadone, and uh, uh, that was called White Deer Run. That was uh, that was in that was more toward Philly. Um, but anyway, there any twelve-step program is going to be about the same. So that's what I would suggest because it gives you gives you a way to connect with people once you leave treatment because you you need that support you need to be able to talk to people and if you just go home and and sit at home and do nothing then uh, your mind's gonna your mind's gonna start to go and eventually you'll be back out there ripping and running so basically a 12 a 12 step basically gives you a rubric on how to keep a clean life yeah yeah, there, there's 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 a book uh, that you can work through in Narcotics Anonymous, and uh, it helps you to learn about what your defects are, and you know pretty much the things that piss you off, uh, and and you know it's it, it helps you to just be a better person, uh, to not hurt people, to not you know take advantage of people or manipulate people, and that's what we do when we're when we're out there. Uh, in our addiction, um, we take advantage of people and we don't care who it is. Uh, and that's not us. That's just, we're willing to do whatever to get the next one. And, uh, people in NA and AA, they understand that because uh, for alcoholics, it's the same thing. It's all the same thing. Um, yeah. It's like, where, where am I going to get my next drink? Where am I going right. to get my next fix? Right. Yeah. So some even people abuse cheeseburgers. Some people get down on pills. You know, Absolutely. some people there. Everyone has coping mechanisms and things that they, you know, that they lean on as crutches. I commend addicts because at least they have the guts to fucking face it. The dude chugging thirty-two diet cokes a day and buying organic celery is who I have the issue with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, just throwing things. that out there. Those motherfuckers got issues and addiction, and they ain't even turning and facing them. For real. Of course, yeah, and it's out there uh, holding motherfuckers up and shooting big poppy from behind over it or whatever that's worth. True. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> so, Mike, you're a- after that 12 step program near Philly. Was that the last time you were in in was, a, a system or, or no, sir? No, how does sir. it look oh, after um, that? I guess. 
I also, learned a lot. So thank you for sharing. Also, with the 12-step, like the white deer, was that an urban program or is it more rural? Is it, with white deer in specific, is it urban versus rural with the 12-step program? Is there any bearing on that place setting, like where it functions at? I used to do a lot of programs with adjudicated youth as a guide, and that rural setting helped them a lot. And I didn't mm-hmm. do work with addicts because I wasn't mature enough yet, but um, I, I feel like that there are programs along those lines for you out there as well. I, I, you know, again, I believe it's, uh, it's different for everybody. What works for you until you finally find that one thing that, uh, is working for you that you can just keep doing that. Uh, white deer run was, was on a mountain. Um, and we were totally away from everybody, but Mm. guess what? I watched, I watched probably five or six people walk, off of that mountain in the middle of January when it was like negative 10 up there uh, because they wanted dope and that's, Jeez. they were willing, they oh. were willing to just leave treatment and, and go find it. Um, so that if that doesn't, you know, tell you the resilience of an addict and what they're willing to do um, sometimes you know, uh, sometimes it's, uh, it's better to go farther away from home to, uh, to treatment because then your mind is, isn't on it. If you're a half hour away, you start thinking, how can I get home? Someone will come, come pick me up or, um, so after that, uh, I made it probably a year before I was back in treatment again. Um, I, uh, took my grandfather's credit card that came in the mail and I, I called, uh, called the credit card company and set up a, a pin on it so I could withdraw money. And for about a week and a half, I took out $500 a day and I just got loaded. And till one day I was walking back cause I was living with my grandparents. Um, my mom died when I was 25. She, uh, she had MS, uh, they put her on a bunch of medications, and on New Year's Day, when I was living in California, uh, my grandfather found her at the bottom of the basement steps. Um, so that was wild, but uh, also a blessing in disguise, man, because MS can be, you know, a, yeah. a real motherfucker mother to Brutal. deal with. Yeah. So, uh, you know, look at it however you want it. I try to take the optimistic side and, you know, she would have been in, she's in less pain the way this happened as opposed to just, you know, living it out. So, um, uh, so I was living with my grandparents and when I got back to the house, the police were there. Uh, I was given a PFA and told I had to leave. I had, I had nowhere to go now at this point and, uh, I'm walking away from the house and, I was trying to manipulate my grandfather and I, I yelled, I'm just going to fucking kill myself. And next thing uh, you know, the, the cop is arresting me, like that. taking no. me to jail and I'm in the suicide gown. Yeah. Dope sick as hell. That's brutal. So that was tough. And, uh, I stayed in there for about a month. Uh, went to treatment again. um, Made it probably six months and uh, was on probation at this point. Dirty urine, back to jail. Uh, 60-day hit this time. Uh, back to treatment again. 
And each one yeah. of these incidents, by the way, comes with a price tag. If you're not aware with how our court system works, you continue to get through the system. You continue to pay is what it really is. They want to keep you there paying just so you know. Um, absolutely. Even though I'm completely out and off probation, I still owe them like $16,000. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. You, if you've never danced with uh, John Law, especially if you're from a poor area and you're a target, like you're from certain family, whatever it may be, you are literally a money farm for that department revenue bank. Seriously. They want you to, because they the more they can hit you with stuff, the more it costs you. And the more it costs you, the more they got you underneath your thumb. So if you get in my scenario where you're free and clear, the motherfuckers pay them off. I moved far away, to be honest with you. I had to run from them because it was a vicious cycle. And it wasn't even me. It was what my cousins were doing that fucked me. Right? So it It's like matter. one of those things. Like in my area, my last name is basically a fucking a death warrant. It's yeah. like, yeah, you're going to get pulled over. I got pulled over 26 times before I turned 18. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. World wow. champion high scorer. Are you considered driving man. better vehicles, trash man? You're a no. <laughs> white trash legend. That's what happens when you drive a garbage truck, though, and everybody knows who you are. Oh, I drove man. a 1976 Toyota pickup that my uncle owned and my dad owned. Did it have a cop in town? Oh, it, no. It was Loud. straight pipe. It was yeah. straight pipe as a motherfucker. Heard you coming for a but long way see off. That here comes Ronnie. Can canary yellow pickup. Every time they'd see it, they'd pull it over and they'd be like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to search your truck. We're going to give you a field sobriety test. We're going to give you a breathalyzer. If the breathalyzer doesn't work, guess what? We're taking you to the hospital because you're drunk because you're a Watson. All right. So you well, knew you knew not to carry anything or drink yeah. or do anything when you were driving I couldn't. fucking truck. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't do anything. I it, like as soon as I you know got a little bit older and I had a different vehicle and I could hide because I bought a yeah. car that looked like a cop car just for that <laughs> instance. <laughs> so Ronnie, in a somewhat similar scenario, I had a Jeep Wagoneer. You guys know the type, right? Wood paneling. Oh, I used to own one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was my whip. I drove it all over the country for a long time as a guide. Kind of fucking stereotypical, but that's what it yeah, was. Right? It was. My whip, right? Uh, but you knew it from a long way off, and there were times where it did not have exhaust that properly functioned. So I don't know if you guys have ever got a, a ticket for a dirty license plate, but I was the beneficiary of not one but two in a three-week period. And then uh, so I was anal retentive about cleaning my license plate. Uh, I got pulled over the next time for broken taillight and I told him it wasn't broken. I just checked all the bulbs and I got out and he kicked it and broke it. And that was wow. what the ticket was for. And that that's when so I knew. Bad. Yeah. Oh, I, he tried to get catch me on a charge. Uh, so he got my license suspended. I got to keep working. You know, you guys know the struggle. You got to work. Fucking a. Especially if you got to pay those bastards. Mm -hmm. Right. So I get like 28 days in a 30 day suspension. Guess what? Get caught. Car impounded. Here we go again. Now it's 90 day, uh, 80 days in. Guess what happens? Bing. Gotcha again. Right now Man. it's one year. Got caught twice within two weeks. Now, now it's a three year suspension. Right. I flipped. That's how I became an adventure sports guide. I had to run. I had no choice. There's no public transportation. 
At this point, I'm $10,000 in the hole with these fuckheads, all because of a cop with an ego. And uh, also, when he was going through his divorce, I fucked his ex-wife during the divorce. I was working <laughs> oh, a bar uh, at the door. That had something to do with it as well, right? And, uh, and whenever I was in college and he was a rookie, I was working at the gas station, third shift, right? One of my two jobs. And he had the fucking mustache, just like old boy from Super Troopers. Oh, and so God. the senior, of course, I said, what's up, Farva? Because I got nuts to steal. That's how I roll, right? All right. So I got nuts to steal. So this cop comes in with the cops. My uh, grandfather's known all his life, served in Vietnam with. I've known all my life. They know everything bad I've ever done in this small town. This cop has the Super Troopers mustache. So I call him out. You know, I got nuts to steal. I'm like, what's up, Farva? It's stuck. The cops never stopped calling him Farva. Right? Guess who he blamed, though? Yeah. Then I bone his ex-wife. It was it was solid. Sentence is done, dude. You gotta leave. You can't stay here for a while. Yeah. (laughs) Ironically, he got busted for uh, confiscating meth and selling it on the side. See, they always get what's coming to them. Yeah. It was like five years after I left, but I'd have been in the I'd have been in prison by then. Unbelievable. Um. So real quick, back to back to what I was saying earlier, Um, the moral of it all is you're not going to stop doing drugs until you want to stop doing drugs. Um, I was doing it for other people uh, the first, you know, three or four times. Uh, Finally, that last time sitting in jail uh, while Ashley's home pregnant. um, And uh, that that was a that was that was an eye opener. And I made a decision to uh, to put to to ask to be put on a program here that is called Drug Court. And uh, I've heard of these. I hear that they work well. Uh, the success rate is 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 pretty high. Uh, however, to get on Drug Court, usually you have to commit a crime. I was just in there for a probation violation, so I'm probably the only person in history who asks. To be put on drug court because <laughs> it's it's brutal. Uh, it, it's 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 a lot of work. Uh, for the first six months, you got to be at a meeting every night and get a slip signed. Uh, you're you're checking into probation twice a week for drug tests. You're seeing uh, your your uh, advisor down at drug and alcohol. Uh, Drop in. Yeah, the drop list in goes visits, on and oh yeah, oh yeah, drop in visits, check your fridge. Um, but I wanted to stay clean, and so I needed I I needed something like that. I needed my ass. I needed someone on my ass, twenty four seven for the first six months, and they did that. And then they they then you drop down, and they're not on you as much, and you you know uh, only need to go to five meetings a week and. But it was about a year and a half program, uh, and I I took it took it head on, and uh, I did it well, no no issues, year and a half, and I was I was done. Hey, uh, good year, for you, brother. Good for a year you, a, year after that, I was totally off probation, which I thought would never happen uh, because they make that difficult. Yeah, they do. Um, did you get and- it in writing yet? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's not officially over <laughs> until you thing. have it in writing. Just it's so everyone writing, knows out there. Just so they, you're they're still on the calendar. Yeah. They still send me letters every month for their fucking twenty five bucks they want from me. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it, <laughs> but uh yeah, I never thought I'd see the day. 
and that was a good feeling. And, um, you know, I, I didn't miss any of my kid's life and he hasn't had to see me all fucked up. And that's, that's a good feeling. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. And now it's a choice. If I decide to go and use, that's my choice. And, and I'm clear headed, you know, once you're already using, you, you don't have a choice to use anymore. You just use. And yeah. so I have a choice today and it feels good. And I, I, um, I got a good family and, and things are good, man. After all the stuff you've been through and being able to get to like, know you and talk to you the little bit I have, you've been through some shit and to meet you and to talk to you now, it's pretty cool to see how this has turned you in the type of person you are today. Cause you're a genuine good hearted person. And I'm glad you got through that. Cause if it wasn't for everything you went through, you wouldn't be who you are today. And I just applaud you for everything you've done, man. It's awesome. No doubt. And I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that from all you guys. And yeah, it's, it's been a journey. It's been a journey and uh, it's been hard, but it's, it's, I'm grateful for it. I'm Is grateful. it getting easier to talk about Mike? I mean, you just did a uh, masterful I mean, for, job explaining it, but has me, it, was it hard at first or how does uh, that work? At first, yeah. It's very uncomfortable because you're walking into a meeting and people are just talking about shit and then you hear something and you're like, oh, wow, that's how there. I think. Yeah. That's how my, like, okay, I can relate to these people, which that's, you know, the biggest thing. You need to be able to relate and... Uh, once I could, uh, it got easier to talk about, but I was uncomfortable with it for the first few months I was doing it. Uh, well, I'm sure it's not an easy thing to talk about. Like right at first, it's like, you know, I'm admitting this, I'm being vulnerable about this. This is something that I have going on. That's hard to talk about, even if it's just a, a minuscule issue. Absolutely. Cause addicts, we bury shit way down and we don't yeah. get we don't get naked with anybody, man. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's people who take years before they really start to open up because, you know, they've had trauma for so long and they've buried it for so long, but it's fucking awesome to see the day that they spill that shit out and they're bawling their eyes out. But man now they just freed themselves and it's what a feeling and you know to see somebody else do that it gives you hope and that's that's the whole point of it um you know if you don't have hope from the beginning then then there's there's no point um so it's it's a really cool thing to see uh and today it's super easy for me to talk about uh i don't know why i'm just i'm not embarrassed about it i don't care if you don't like me because I was a drug addict, you know, so be it. Uh, I know who I am today. And, you know, it's, it, I, I like, I like myself today because when we're using, we hate ourselves big time. And if someone doesn't like you because you did, you were a drug, drug addict before, fuck them. They probably did something that everyone wouldn't want to see on fucking Facebook the next day either. No shit. There's a, we all have our, skeletons in their closet and shit man it, it it's just one thing or another and yours just happens to be a little more public or whatever so yeah, yeah i'm and i'm okay with that well, yeah dude. there's certain there's certain shit none of us will talk about openly that it's happened to us or we've done and you're open about it and that takes a lot of courage so you know 
that's good on you because you're spreading a message that I want a lot of people to be able to hear and be like, yeah, I understand where he's coming from. So, Mike, what's the, the most beautiful scenario? If you could paint it out for an addict seeking help and the resources that were ideally in place, what would that look like? Uh, most most towns, cities, whatever, have a uh, have a local drug and alcohol, if not somewhere within, you know, a half hour, I would think. Get yourself down to drug and alcohol. No, uh, no. I guess what I'm asking well, is if you were like, what would your idea? Let's see here. If you could redesign the system, right, for from the, the perspective of an addict seeking help versus being an addict being punished for seeking help, you know what I mean? Uh, how do you think it could do better? How could the system be improved upon or even redone? So that it could be easier for addicts to actually get help, not manipulate and use the system. We know the difference and we know how addicts are about that, right? But genuinely get help because there's a lot of places want to handcuff you to, to beds and shit, you know? Sure, sure. The best place to get help then is, is to, sh to get your ass to show up to a meeting. And someone there, uh, tell you know, once they see a newcomer, the goal is for everybody to, to, to talk to that newcomer and to make them feel comfortable. And that's the, that's, that's the, the place you're going to feel most at home. Um, because it is tough sometimes when you're talking to a counselor, drug and alcohol, who has no fucking clue what yeah. it's like to be an addict. You ain't trying been to there. Tell you what you should be doing and how you should be doing it. Uh, that's one thing that really pisses pisses someone who's an addict off is you know somebody trying to tell you who has no idea so somebody like, at a meeting is gonna know and they're gonna know where to guide you if you need further help that's great advice hey i can't help but wonder uh you thought about doing the drug and alcohol counselor thing you sound like you might be a a good candidate for yeah are you uh supporting on the back end i know i i i thought about it and my buddy matt uh who who I've I've brought up on the show before he yeah. he got into that field and um he's it's tough for him because he's it's kind of like being a uh, a jail guard you know when when guard those guys are at work they're in jail too and right. yeah I think he feels a little bit like he's always in treatment or like always in a recovery room or in a group. You're, or, yeah. You're in the shadow of that, it. I think that would just be too much for me because I think it would take the focus off of my own, what I need to do for me. Um, hey, so that's I'm solid. not sure I have enough to give to others. Now at a meeting, that's a different story. Uh, I'm all about helping somebody at a meeting. I just think it would be a lot. Um, because a so lot how of people old is your... had a lot of. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, how old is your son? I'm sure that's a big part of what you got to do for yourself as your son and your family. Absolutely, uh, he'll be four in October, um, awesome. and Great I can't age. believe it, man. I can't believe it. He's he's getting to be so much fun, and yeah, they are. Um, four is I when just, it just starts getting fun, man. Yeah, just wait, man. It's just wild because I couldn't even take care of myself, and now I'm like taking care of a cut of a kid and like <laughs> i i think i'm pretty damn good at it too and it's nice. it's it's awesome it's it, it's a great feeling to be a to be a dad and to 
Well, happy Be Father's Day, dad. man. Yeah, hey, thanks, happy Father's man. Day, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, kids are the best part of life. Uh, also, the best part of having kids is you get to be one. So don't forget, you get to drop down and play cars and everything, too. You know, live up these moments because when they're little like this, it's the best days. Uh, oh, I've got yeah. a five-year, five-year-old boy, two-year-old girl, one more on the way. We find out in a couple days what that is. So, okay, it, it, I love being a dad. Hey, thanks. My my wife's doing the hard work. I just kind of showed up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Like, it's, just yeah. don't don't let your kid grow up to be like Ronnie. I mean, one, <laughs> one's enough. We only need one. Buy him a yellow Fuck truck, off, Tanner. Trash man, being a trash <laughs> man's a noble profession, hat. but we only need one Ronnie in this world. Oh, I saw they were. I saw they're remaking them VM, uh, them Volkswagen vans from back in the day. Oh, they're the Vandalias. <laughs> yeah, the Westfall vans and the yeah, yeah. They, uh, those are huge. I mean, they're expensive too. The originals, man. Oh, uh, even the later models are. That's a cult icon. It's they're actually making mode of transportation. Yeah, they're they're redoing them. That's a good soccer they, mom vehicle there for you, Mike. I guess they're <laughs> battery powered too. Oh, there you oh go. they're going full Shit. on hippie. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw the. I was watching the the. Uh, you could the be a stoplight in a Mustang <laughs> and a fucking soccer mom. Uh, Volkswagen Westfall or uh, Vandalia is going to smoke you with an electric motor. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> Gone. You'll be putting a hundred dollar bill on the dash and telling the passenger if you can grab this before I hit a hundred, it's yours. <laughs> They'd never be able to touch it. Whoa! Oh awesome. man, this is awesome. I, I who'd have thought? You know, just from us calling into a radio show that you know so much more, so much more has come of it. The randomness cool, of the universe never ceases to amaze me. Hell yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I think all of us think about this every every day, and especially when we log on and do this little podcast. It well, especially my wife. My wife is like, "So who are these people?" I'm like, "They they they're my friends. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? Like they're they're my I friends know. from the show. What are you it talking about? It is hard about? to explain. They're my visible question. friends. <laughs> my friends from the internet. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> I met them online. Exactly. <laughs> it's the craziest fucking no. premise, but it is the digital age. Absolutely. No, they're not asking you for credit card information. Right. <laughs> Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like there's a cop uh, pulling somebody over right outside your window right now, Mike. There's a blue uh, light flashing. So there's I hope that's not crazy... a bad sign of things to come. Is there shit live cops going on outside your window? No, I I, okay. I think I'm okay. That's the TV, and there's right. like some some cheap ass wrestling on, and the fucking lights are just. Ooh. Hey, there's nothing cheap <laughs> about wrestling. Okay? Uh, there's been some pretty cheap wrestling before. <laughs> Has anybody been watching that live PD? Hell yeah! I don't so, watch cops, bro. I've been to jail. <laughs> Fuck that. Well, it's this new live thing where they it's just live television. It is. And so they're, interesting. They're right here in Indianapolis, and they're oh. right like in Lawrence, Indiana, which is just south of where Pat lives. And he's mentioned a couple times on his pod. He's like, "Yeah, me and the the girlie have drove past it, and they're just watching it go down live. It's it's kind of crazy, like seeing it on TV, and then you hear Pat talking about it on the podcast and stuff. It's just yeah. wild. So running was... with them cameras, it's pretty incredible. Oh yeah." So I was at college. It was my first year at community college uh, in southwestern Indiana, and it was an automotive vocational tech program, right? 
only, uh, did it for one year in his first semester and we're standing outside during our break and up the street, the cops come flying in like 13 cars and then jump SWAT team out of a van, everything. They bust this crack house and there were 32 people inside of what looked like an abandoned home. Oh my God. Wow. That's yeah. A lot of people. Um, yeah, it was. And we were out yeah. there watching it, and the the professor's like, "Why is nobody coming back in?" They came outside, and he was like, "All right, we gotta go back to class." And I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, cops is on." <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it literally was live cops. You can't help but watch. You know, it's you're like a moth to a flame. But uh, I've been to jail, and in jail, people watch cops and Judge Judy, and I hate both those shows because I've been to jail, and I will not watch them. You can't make me. I'm a free man. I can walk outside. Yeah, I get hooked on any of those jail cell or any of those jail shows. I I don't know why they're just so. In, I don't. I, I don't know. They're intriguing to me. I don't know if it's because I've been there or what, but I don't plan on going back. So I don't think it bothers me. Yeah, the uh, only jail yeah. show I still get down on is my lifelong love affair with Jeopardy, and I school some motherfuckers <laughs> on it usually. <laughs> yeah. I'll, hey, if I'm sitting in jail, I'll challenge you Jeopardy for the next channel, or, you know, Jeopardy for the remote. Whoever wins Jeopardy gets a remote for that, you know. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. All right, you can have the remote now, but we're watching the Cardinals later. Yeah, that's a good that's a good household like game. That. Yeah. Yeah. Keep oh, your yeah. house clean. Won't be no problems. Anyway, good stuff. I got to I gotta bring this up, guys. I saw this today, and it was one – there are two dumb – extremely dumb things I saw on the internet today. Mike, I think you'll appreciate this. One was an alligator in Texas. Oh, with a yeah. knife sticking out of his fucking head. <laughs> you see this? The alligator swimming around in Texas with a knife sticking out of his head. First of all, whoever grabs that knife and pulls it out is king of the south. Yep. Right? Number one. Number two, how'd that knife get there? That Do you think is a that, that person is in hear. the alligator's belly and the knife didn't work? He like lodged it in the skull and couldn't move it out, and the alligator ate him anyway. Well, that's Chubbs 2.0 is what happened there. He went after yeah. the golf ball, but he brought a knife with him. <laughs> Not before I got out his eye. <laughs> Does that mean that gator is now more dangerous than every other gator? Yes. Because even when he could bite you, you might get a knife on, I mean, when he chomps down on you? Yeah. Jeez. That's a, that's a headline straight out of Florida. And just, we were blessed to hear it in Texas. If you taxidermy that, I mean, is that a custom gator knife holder? Oh, my well, God. What is going on there? Yeah. You know, do, you, do you get it mounted and stuffed with the knife in his head? No, dude. You I put mean, it on your kitchen counter and then yeah. you put in some it's more holes. Butcher block, right? Yeah, you could, that'll be your knife holder. You'd yeah. have the whole color set right there. Well, I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think That's if fucked. you get the knife, if you get the knife out and you go down by the, you know, by the water and you raise the knife up, I think you then control all of the alligators. You like oh, Aquaman, Aquaman or something. Gator man. Yeah. yeah. I fucks with that. Yeah. Well, it's like That's King Arthur, you know, the great. sword and the yeah. stone. What if you're yeah. not the fucking King one, though, and you man. jump on that gator and try to pull it out and it ain't you. You ain't chosen. <laughs> The other stupid thing I saw today that I've got to talk about is there's an active campaign out of England to rename fire ants Spicy Boys. Uh, what? I didn't Are you see sure this. that's not in the red light district somewhere? I swear to God, this is a real thing. Is fire ants a current British pop group that we don't know about? No, 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 no. Fire ants as in the insect, the biting 
fiery mm. fucking hell of an insect that uh, no one knows about fire ants. You guys have not been to Florida no, very much. I know all fire ants. Do. Do. Okay, all right. Fuck fire ants, right? Also called yes. fire ants because that's how you kill them. That's why you need those cheap ass coolers to make napalm to pour down in their fucking hole, <laughs> right? Because uh, napalm goes in better than just regular gasoline for whatever reason. Anyway, um, yeah, that's fucked up because uh, fire spicy ant, boys. I don't know. I I kind of want to eat a spicy boy. Fire ant doesn't sound appealing. I'm I, I like spicy things, but. Uh, I don't know. Spicy boy, that's wild. Spicy boy sounds like an Italian hot sausage or some shit. R- right, that's what I'm saying. Gets my mouth watering. Mike, spicy boy. There you go. That would be your. <laughs> is that gonna be your rough and rowdy name? Now the yeah. spicy boy. Spicy. This boy, episode Mike. is spicy boys from here on out. That's your, the name. In your exterminator um, days, did you come across any spicy boys? Yeah. No. Didn't Are you an expert on spicy boys? boys? No, never saw spicy boys here in okay. here in PA. But uh, you ever been I, bit by a spicy boy? What was the what was the wildest critter you were chasing, dude? The worst oh. thing I saw <clears throat> was a woman was living with uh, twenty three cats. Yikes! Uh, probably twenty three hundred bed bugs. Oh. Oh, listen, my Ugh. boss tells me before I go. How many times did you wash and change clothes before you went home? Uh, yeah, I well, I had a change of clothes that I immediately put into a garbage bag. Yeah. Uh, I took it to the laundromat and put it in the dryer because the dryer is what the will heat. kill. Yeah, the heat kills bed bugs. Okay. Um, but what this lady was living with, man, will make you, you know, it. Mm. Oh, I don't know. Like sometimes I'll just be laying in bed and I think about it, and it fucking just. Are you got PTSD it, from that shit, huh? Dude, it was bad. It was disgusting. It was horrible. Very, very horrible. Um. Oh my god. Um. He's having so flashbacks was, like yeah. all over again. <laughs> yeah. Um. Your lack of adjectives definitely drives home the fact. Exactly. <laughs> no doubt. But that was that was probably the worst thing I ever dealt with. So how do you tackle a problem like that? Just flamethrower? Fucking burn it. Burn the fucking uh, house down. Yeah, the sh- Airspray in the fucking lighter. Yeah. Yeah, to put on a suit and go in there and spray our strongest shit. Uh mm. We had a machine that actually plugged in, and it would shoot. Uh, it would shoot more of like a, a gas, um, and and that shit was powerful. But man, bed bugs—they're they can be inside the fucking light sockets. What? Uh, or you know, they they they, they, they can be anywhere. So if they're in your drawers and are they just? I, I mean, they're yeah. a mite, right? They're just a motherfucker. Are they a yeah. mite? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're a motherfucker, and they, not a mite. And, yeah. <laughs> and and they feed off of our blood, so they that's why they go under the bed. Uh, then they'll come up when you're sleeping, bite you, get a little blood, go back. And then they just start fucking reproducing like a goddamn... Uh, 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 yeah, lack of adjectives uh, again. Uh, I'm washing my sheets tonight. So I'm going to burn my mattress and order a new one from Lisa or something. Oh, no, no free ads. My bad. Lisa, you get a hold of Purple. me. 
we talked about that. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of like ants and ant hills and nasty shit, have you guys seen where they take like the molten uh, aluminum and pour they it pour down, it down in the ant hill? That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. What do they do? Pour so you molten, take molten yeah. lo- uh, aluminum. Aluminum. You just take the aluminum and you just pour it down like the opening of an ant hill, and it just filters through all the different little. Uh, it's basically uh, cast. It's a casting. You're oh, you're, yeah. you're you're casting the. Ant oh, and colony. then you can dig it up, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and then you well, dig you up, pull like, it up. Well, we're on God's green earth. Are you guys getting aluminum? Aluminum. Right. Well, molten aluminum is very, very, very hot common. to make yeah. aluminum hot enough to melt it much much it's higher like, than we steel, going with tin foil and etc so uh uh but yeah that's what they generally hmm. use have you seen the uh the lightning bolt thing is that what you just said where they they put like a a big steel pin on a beach right or a glass or whatever pin yeah. uh or uh, sorry and so where the lightning hits and as it dissipates throughout the soil it creates the same effect that he just mentioned only it's glass basically from the superheated sand Oh, yep. what the fuck? No kidding. So, what's the fucking movie with what's Reese Witherspoon? Yeah, yeah no. with that. Uh, yeah, Sweet Home Alabama. I think. That's the one, right? They, they oh. do that there. Um, I'm not sure if I was aware of it before or not, but there it huh. is. Cool. So, it's kind of the same premise, but you just drop uh, superheated metal and the uh, and the you know the void that is the ant colony obviously becomes the casting. If you know anything about the process, I was lucky enough to work in a couple foundries. So kind of know okay. how to do it. Oh yeah, I feel like I've just boys, been though. school this whole episode. We haven't talked about anything I'm familiar with. <laughs> Ag report to feel better. Yeah, uh, markets are great, baby. Plant corn, plant corn. Drink beer as a celebration, not to solve the problem this week. We're doing good. That's there the ag report. Go. That's the ag report. Yeah, unless you're like in the corn belt. Sorry about your luck. I got a little nugget. Uh, I forgot to drop. Um, while I was in the Scientology rehab, oh, uh, yes, back to we're going back we, to we, we lived, uh, we lived in apartment buildings. So each of us had a tech that lived in an apartment with six of the clients. And we could, we could walk down and do our laundry and go to the pool. And, and you know, we could kind of do whatever until like 11 o'clock at night. Well, we end up finding a bar the one night and we go in and we're just playing pool. And um, that's all we did the first night. We just played pool. Well, we go back. And the second night, uh, we get hammered off Captain Morgan's and do a bunch of cocaine. And <laughs> at rehab? Yes. What? At rehab. <laughs> oh, Is it, well, what? They took yeah. it very seriously, huh? Hey, as well, long as you're not doing uh, heroin, you know, we the next day, our Colombian uh, friends that we don't believe in and business. Someone still smelled like booze the next day. So we all got tested. We all got caught and we didn't get kicked out. They do what they do to the celebrities who don't listen or whatever. And we were put on ethics where uh, for a week, we had to just like clean and like scrub little areas and uh, like they would give us a toothbrush to clean certain small places. And uh, that was that was pretty wild, too. So you were like slaves on cocaine. Yes. Yes. For a week, we wow. had to uh, we had to do that. 
Um, but they so didn't every kick time us you out. Did, let me ask you this right now. If you were still an addict and you were doing cocaine, would you clean while you were doing cocaine after that? Did they program that into you on accident? <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, cocaine does make me want to clean. Uh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of drugs do. I don't know why. Well, I mean, you have a lot of energy. It's, it's a good time shit. to do it. That's yeah. why housewives use it. They fire up on the Adderall after the kids go to sleep. They do a whole yeah. bunch of shit to clean the fucking house real quick. And then they I take downers the to go to sleep. And then they yeah. take an upper in the morning again. And that's I, I understand why they do it. It's not healthy. It's a yeah. big thing in college too. Well, yeah, I mean, college has always been the yeah. I didn't. I well, wouldn't. Yeah, nobody was fucking cleaning in if college. If you look right on the side of the bottle, what's oh. the what's the ingredients in after Adderall? Methamphetamine. It's yeah, it's all it is. Is meth. Meth is just a dirtier version. Yeah. Adderall is meth for pilots, right? Meth. <laughs> meth, meth is meth for tank and infantry people. That's how it was invented by the Nazis. Literally, it was like the shitty version of meth. That's for the people on the ground who are going to die a lot, right? And the people in the air, we need to do a lot of killing. Let's give them the good math so they make better decisions while they're tweaking the fuck out and doodle, right? Yeah, I, I just remember kids on Adderall used to, like, they used to take Adderall to party longer in college. Yeah. Like, there would be guys partying until, like, fucking 7 o'clock the next day, just Jeez. fucking going crazy. Yeah, you can just keep drinking. I never took it to party. Yeah, I never took it to party. I always took it to get my fucking homework done because I was out partying. You know, I'd have to uh, fucking just hurry up and read a whole bunch of shit and do some book reports. And I'm sure my professor could tell that it went the difference between I was and was not on Adderall. I always uh, thought Ambien was the party drug. Dude, Ambien is a <laughs> What is What is it? All right, I've never done Ambien. Give me the lowdown on uh, how Ambien works for you. Dude, I was sniffing Ambien for a while because my mom, they gave it to my mom. How many so milligrams? Not I'm uh, asking for how to. I'm just saying. You know what? I don't even know what, okay. what the milligrams were. Um, but one one was plenty to go to sleep. <laughs> and to go to sleep. And to go to sleep for a long time and get a good night's sleep. I was sniffing three or four at a time. And I don't remember anything after that. Uh, I shoplifted a couple times and got caught afterwards. Uh, I walked into a gas station and the guy was in the back. I reached my hand around and just pulled a bunch of lottery tickets. (laughs) (laughs) I feel lucky. (laughs) Ripped off like 10 of them and and just walked out the fucking door. Um, I've done, yeah. uh, Benzos and, and Ambien. Uh, I like to steal on for some reason. It's it's very weird. So cocaine makes you clean. Sleep medicine makes you steal. steal. Yeah, we're getting yeah. you figured out, Mike. Yeah, we got a roadmap. Uh, I better not give you too much more. <laughs> just just can... a heads up: Xanax makes you fall asleep in a creek. it'll do that too really whatever whatever that bed bug i I feel like there's a story there ronnie we get hopefully not in a trash truck oh no i was in college and there was like a group of buddies of mine that would just get fucked up on xanax all the time and we would go out we'd party everything and i just got a phone call one night it's my buddy and he can't hear him he's not talking and i'm like where the fuck is he so i had like the like little GPS find your friend app. 
and it was in the middle of Bidwell Park in Chico, and I found his phone. Couldn't find him, though. And I started looking around, motherfuckers face down in the creek, butt-ass naked, <laughs> at like 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Oh, jeez. And he, oh I was just God. like, what He's the dead. hell are you doing? And I was like shaking him. Wasn't I thought he was dead for a second? Shaking him, shaking him, shaking him. Wouldn't. And then he like turned around and he tried to fight me. Ah. He thought I was. He's like, "What are you doing?" I was. I was sleeping, motherfucker. I was like, "You were, you were on your way to dead and drowning yourself." He's like, "Oh, okay. Well, let me go back to bed." And he just rolled over and fell asleep in the creek again. I just left him. I was like, "You can. Someone will find you on their hike. Don't worry." I just left them. He'll hey, if he right. doesn't, if he doesn't want me to help him out, fuck it. Yeah, there's not much you can do sometimes when people are all wrecked. There's just, I've got know, some buddies they, over the years that I wish I would have just taken out to the middle of nowhere and chained to a tree uh, for a week <laughs> and just gave them everything that they needed and came, you know, just did it for them. I mean. But, I've had friends fall asleep in some of the weirdest places. I had a buddy who fell asleep in my parents' house between the couch and the wall because he said it was more comfortable uh, than the bed that I provided him. Behind the <laughs> shitter. Yeah. That's, That's like those people that pass out behind the shitters at music festivals. Or pass out <laughs> on the, the shitter. Fuck? Still can't yeah. figure that move out. Jeez, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, they're just all over every single porta potty. They're just in front of the porta potties, in the porta potties, on the porta potties. They're fucking passed out. That's, that's nasty shit. You just God. pee on them. <laughs> <laughs> Standard protocol. <laughs> if they're blocking your way, man, just go. All right, Mike, real quick while you're here, Mike, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, at oxdaddy16. Ox like O X as in the uh, the animal. Yes, sir. Ox daddy, I like it. Ox uh, daddy sixteen. Yep. Flags. What's your Twitter handle? Flags. It's uh, JJ Flagel. F L E G E L. Just bagel with an E is how my last name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. That's the one. Uh, if you want to find either one of these guys, shout them out because they're totally awesome. Especially Mike. You know how to do that. Uh, you can find all of us on the Twitters. I am, of course, at Shiitake Creek. Tanner is at the Vanilla gr- Gorilla. Sorry, at, at Vanilla. Uh, yeah, no the. At Vanilla Gorilla, spelled with the V-U-H-N for the Vanilla, because he's quippy and clever. Trash Man Ronnie is at Trash Man Ronnie. Marco is at K-Pasta Primo. Good luck. That fuck ain't here. No, but yeah, that's where he is. Mar- all right, so Marco went to see a movie. Now, we all know that uh, Marco hasn't seen a whole lot of movies. So Marco's not with us tonight because uh, why, Trashman? Because he's watching a movie for the first time in his goddamn life. He didn't actually go to the fucking movies and watch something recent. Easy trash, man. Speaking of peeing on people, I have a story about that. No, 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 no. Uh, this guy, uh, that rapper in trouble. That, that's the end of this. Right here, right now. You know the song, Tyler. Hit it. All these horses need to run. So let them run.